3: Learn more at Marines.com. It's
2: time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, Rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not
0: get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quentin Williams. What a beast. Number
2: 95 for the Jets.
3: Listen. Thank you. this is play like a jet my name is scott mason you can follow me on twitter at play like jet one and it is time for another edition of the jets offseason roundtable and for that we bring in my friend who is a regular on this show and also the co-founder of jets x-factor a website where he also happens to be the lead reporter and in addition to all of that he is the leader of the Sabo Holics, mr robbie sabo robbie what's up brother
4: Hey, Scotty. I mean, same old, same old stuff in the neighborhood off season playoffs, January, February. So, you know, this is, this is the dead time, really the first dead time of the off season, but plenty to talk about in Jets land. That's for sure.
3: Robbie, it wasn't supposed to be the dead time though. We were supposed to be watching the Jets at least in the playoffs and maybe making a deep playoff run this year because they went out and they got Aaron Rodgers. And of course we know what happened Four plays into the season. Rodgers was gone. And the Jets gave us some false hope for a while, but then eventually petered off and we got exactly what we got last year as Jets fans, which is a seven win season. So let's talk a little bit about the 2023 Jets, the Rogers situation and everything surrounding the team. What'd you think about this squad in 2023, all things considered?
4: I mean, it's got to rank up there in terms of the most disappointing Jets team of all time. I mean, I know the old heads like me and you will harken back to 99 and Vinny, his Achilles in that uh, week one opener against New England. I think it was Pete Carroll at the time, actually, Tom Tupa coming in to, to almost save the day. But this has to be the most disappointing because, you know, at least in 99, Parcells got them going at the end with Ray Lucas. This one, the hype was unreal and you know, in a lot of ways, that they had talent in key spots. It's just that the talent didn't stay on the field. I mean, if you look at their O-linemen taking out the injuries, there's talent there. It's crazy to say, and no one wants to say it, and I don't want to say it either because the O-line's been disastrous, but it, it was set up. And that's not to say it's perfect, but the the stuff, the black clouds hanging over this team, like the turf, whether it's real or not, The perception's out there, so it hurts them. You got the turf, you got the New Jersey taxes, uh, the cold weather. Uh, How much will Aaron Rodgers affect those things in free agency? Uh, I think that's the big question right now for me, number one. And number two, what is their hierarchy in free agency? Are they going after the veteran offensive line, number one? The big-bodied outside boundary receiver, number one? Or is that number two? And then where does Huff fall in line? Is Huff going to be a decision after those two? Or is Huff going to be decision number one? So there's a lot at stake. There's a lot that could be improved. Um, but in terms of 2023 as a whole, just you know, immensely disappointing.
3: Robbie, let's talk about the two gentlemen that are going to be responsible for directing what the Jets do this offseason. And we'll get into exactly what you think they should do and what they may do because you started to talk a little bit about that. And we'll dive into that more in a bit. But first, Joe Douglas and Robert Salah What'd you think of the job they did in 2023? And where are you at with both of those guys? Are you comfortable with Douglas and or Salah? I'm still on the Douglas train.
4: Now, is he perfect? No way. Um, should should he have already delivered some success up to this point? Yes, there's no question about it. it. But I think in a lot of ways, it's been one of the hardest tests for the for the Jets brass, above even Douglas. In terms of patience, because it's easy to just fire guys willy-nilly, you know, and, and turn over uh, the staff all the time. Jets have been through it since Woody took over, pretty much. I mean, who has had the longest tenure? Rex and Herm, I think. Maybe Rex six years, Herm five years. So I think it's the right move, keeping Douglas especially. And I think it's the right move keeping Sala too, but uh, there's a lot more questions on the Solid front from my perspective he brings a lot to the table i think he's good with culture he's good with program building i love that he he allowed a dc to call the plays and run the defense and not take that for himself that showed something and in certain spots he hasn't been incredibly conservative with game managing when jets fans are used to that quite frankly from having defensive coaches like rex ryan they they just Herm edwards really conservative wouldn't go for the throat and you can't do that in today's league especially with how it's played uh, the thing I have, I, I, I quibble with Salah with the strategy. That's the thing I'm not sure about with Salah yet from game planning, in game adjustments, strategy, and accountability. And, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to hold players accountable, but, and you could be a player's coach and do it, but, you know, leading the league in penalties. I forgot if it was penalties or penalty yards. It was one of them. It, there's just so many things that you don't like there. So, I'm more on board with Douglas still. You know, he definitely needs another year. He's done a lot of good things to turn it around. It was a complete disaster for a decade before him. Not easy to turn around. Salah, I'm more 50-50.
5: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
3: details.
2: Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
3: Robbie, can you tell me a little bit more about why you're on board the Douglas train? You already, I think, outlined why you're iffy on Robert Sala. But as you said, more bullish on Douglas. What is it about Douglas and what he's done that makes you more bullish on him than Sala? I think it's intent.
4: I think it's the process. So, you know, in football, if you're a cornerback and you do everything right in guarding a receiver, you know, cover one, you know, you have help to the inside. You're still going to shade inside, but you're on his hip pocket the whole time. And the quarterback, Dan Marino, just throws a perfect ball. And even though you did everything right, you gave up a touchdown. You want that guy over the guy who does everything wrong and lucks out into a PD because the quarterback underthrew it. You know, the result is the result, but you know, when going through the motions and trying to create a team, the process matters. And when Douglas took over, his intent was immediate. Rebuild the trenches. Rebuild the O-line. Do things the right way. Don't go crazy in free agency initially. And recently, it's been a little different. He's building up. He's built a strong nucleus of young kids on rookie deals. It's not all the way there yet, but the process by which he's trying to create this thing is right. And it's on the money. It hasn't worked out. Um, a lot of that's luck. Some of that is on him in which he he's had some missteps, but as a whole, I think the process is there and that's what I'm holding true to.
3: Robbie, let's talk a little bit about the off season and begin with free agency. Like you said, a lot of questions as to what the jets are going to do first and foremost, but we all assume that they're going to lean in heavily on the offensive side of the ball. Now we'll get to the draft in a bit, but first, what would you do? Who would you be targeting? And also, what do you think they're going to do? Because I think there might be a little bit of a clash between what some of us think they should do and what they may actually try to do. Part of that is probably because of Aaron Rodgers, who we'll get to in a little bit. Talk to me about free agency. Yeah.
4: I want to hear when I'm done. I want to hear your thoughts too, to, to, your thoughts in terms of what you think they're going to do. I I don't know what they're going to do. If I were them, I would target a veteran offensive lineman. And if I have to overpay a smidge, I'm overpaying. You know, when you look around the league, it's the veteran offensive lines that are dominant in today's league. Philly, um, with their vets. Uh, Kelsey's gone, obviously, going crazy with Taylor Swift, but they've been tremendous. Uh, Baltimore has some vets. Trent Williams and San Fran. Um, Colts with Quentin Nelson. I mean, it, it, Dallas with their vets. Cleveland has vets. Offensive line's a different position than it was 20 years ago. They're not as polished when they come into the league. Yes, you want those young guys to to develop and have for longer, but it's not as automatic as it once was. So I am targeting one of these veteran free agents and, tr- and trying to woo them or him or even two of them here under any circumstances. Um, I mean, whether that's and some of these guys don't excite you, like Jonah Williams. You know, Big disappointment in Cincy for the most part compared to where he was drafted. Tyron Smith was hurt a lot, so I think I'd stay away from Tyron Smith unless you get him at a solid deal. But that's the type that I'm targeting first as a 1A, and then 1B, a big-bodied free agent receiver like a Higgins or a Pittman if he somehow shakes free, or an Evans if he somehow shakes free, and then Huff is decision number three based on what's left on the cap.
3: I think what you outlined makes a lot of sense. I feel like on the offensive line, the best move for the Jets is to probably aim for somebody that's serviceable but not anything special, mostly because I don't think there's anybody above that caliber of offensive lineman that's really going to be available. Even Jonah Williams is really not that good. As you said, Tyron Smith has been hurt a ton, and he's getting up there in age. Even bringing back somebody like George Fant, Ultimately, you want to go into the draft and grab some offensive linemen that you think you can plug in and start day one, but you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're desperate. You want to at least have some option. So maybe somebody like George Fant, you bring him back in here and at least you know that worst case scenario, he can at least play a little bit. And a wide receiver, there are names there, but the problem is... A lot of these guys, I think, are not going to end up being available, or if they are, they're going to cost draft picks because I think T. Higgins probably gets tagged. Cincinnati has a lot of cap space, so they can afford to tag him and hold him and then trade him away for draft picks. I don't think Pittman's going anywhere. He's probably going to get tagged. Evans is a possibility. He said before that he wants to test the market, but I'm sure the way that Tampa's season went probably changed his mind in terms of, feeling like he wanted to leave maybe he wants to stay now and finish his career in tampa however if he does hit the free agent market i think the Jets should absolutely go after him as hard as they can some lower level options like maybe tyler boyd could be a possibility you could be looking at somebody like curtis samuel but also somebody who's sort of between those options and the options that i just talked about in terms of mike evans Michael Pittman Jr. and T. Higgins and that would be Calvin Ridley who got off to a very disappointing start this season but then as time wore on he got better you have to figure part of that was shaking off the rust from not having played in quite a while Maybe he shakes free because that's an interesting situation in Jacksonville I believe if they re-sign him to a long-term deal A second-round pick goes to the Falcons If they let him go, it's only a third-round pick And so you have to wonder whether they're going to want to franchise tag him Which would cost them upwards of $20 million Or try to sign him to a long-term deal We'll see, but that's a guy that I would potentially be looking at At wide receiver In addition to some of the lower-level options If they can't land a Mike Evans But then this brings us to the next part of this, Robbie, which, of course, is the NFL draft. And that's where I think the focus has to be primarily on offense. We know the Jets do have needs on defense, obviously. They could use some help at safety, some linebacker help, an interior defensive lineman, although I don't think Jets fans have the stomach for that early in the draft, and you could understand why with their history. But they've got picks that they need to make count on the offensive side of the ball. Now, you've heard a lot of people say, they would ideally like the Jets to trade down, but now that they're at number 10, can they get value to trade down and get quality extra picks to move down? I don't know. If they don't, they've got no second rounder. You've got a first, a third, two fourths. Another move you could make is using one of the fourth rounders to move up from the third, go into the second, and maybe get somebody. So I think going into the draft, you're looking at an impactful pass catcher, whether that's Brock Bowers or one of the wide receivers. You're looking at, offensive linemen you're looking at potentially two offensive linemen depending on how the board breaks what do you think do you see it that way that the Jets need to go into free agency see what they can shore up there and then go into the draft and then just basically go all in on offense and do whatever they can to surround Aaron Rodgers
4: yeah in a nutshell yes it's almost as if because of the injuries on the old line yes, Tipman penciled in at center AVT penciled in at right guard, but it's almost as if because of the, in- and Lakin, for all intents and purposes penciled in at left guard, but because of the injuries, you almost have to try to target two, creating two offensive lines. So 10 deep and Douglas tried to do that this past year. Schweitzer, not a bad backup interior lineman, you know, Tippmann, same with Tipman, you know, he was their sixth or seventh lineman starting the season. Um, so it, in a way, he already tried to do that. He has to go even further this time. And around this time of year is always interesting because we look at the free agent list and half these guys, more than half, don't even make it to free agency. But looking at the O-line list, there isn't the top-level talent, but I think that's probably a good thing because it's deeper, I think, than most years. I mean, who says Ezra Cleveland is out there? I saw two other names that I can't remember. Uh, Matt Hennessey, he's not great, but he's out there couple of other guys. So it, they're going to have to get multiple bodies and, and try to do it in a way where you're not desperate. You put it perfectly. Can't be desperate during the draft. And you really don't want to rely on a rookie lineman at number 10, even if you love him 100%.
3: As far as what you just said with the offensive line, you're penciling Lake and Tomlinson in at left guard, but then obviously there's room to move some guys around if you wanted to. Elijah Vera Tucker, Robert Salas said that he wants to find a consistent spot for him, and we know that Joe Tipman can play guard or center, so that opens up possibilities for the Jets in the draft depending on who falls and who rises between now and April. Do you think ideally... Vera Tucker gets penciled in at guard and Tipman gets penciled in at center. Would it be better for Salah to go into the offseason with an open mind thinking, yeah, sure, maybe we'd want to put Elijah Vera Tucker at guard and Tipman at center, but if we're able to get a top center prospect or we're able to get a top guard prospect, we're open to moving pieces around again, or do you think long-term that's probably more detrimental? It's sort of a weird push and pull they've got to deal with, right?
4: Yeah, I think at this point, put ABT at guard and don't move him. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt this past year, no problem, you know, let him tinker. Versatility is a hell of an attribute and he has it. Um, how he pulls off tackle with, uh, you know, his, his body, his arms aren't that long. It is an impressive thing. Um, but Titman, I'm okay with moving if the, the right circumstance presents itself. Um, but for ABT, I mean, there's plenty of tackles out there. Um, his guards too. You got John Runyon, You got Owendu. So, um, whether you pick guard or tackle, pick one for AVT and let him let him just stay there because again, he's the heart and soul of this Jets O line. Uh, maybe a veteran free agent could help him. You know, could help shoulder that load. And listen, with Tomlinson, yeah, you pencil him in. But in a situation, if you attract enough guys and sign multiple O linemen and draft one at ten, you can cut them and save over ten million dollars. So. Um, that's possible too. It's a hierarchy when looking at the off season. Um, so all cards are on the, on the table, even Mekhi Becton, you know, I know the organization is not in love with him based on what he's done in four years, but Aaron Rodgers being that wild card, having that relationship, I can see them bringing him back on a one-year prove it deal. That's not expensive and him having fire to try to prove people wrong. Um, and that's another body one of 10. So uh, all options are on the table.
3: Robbie. if you were to pick a member of the New York Jets to develop a website with you, to get into coding, to get into web design, all of that, who do you think would make the best web designer? Because the look behind the curtain here, you do a lot of that. In fact, most of it for Jets X Factor. I'm curious who you think would have it in them to be able to learn that and be an asset to you that way.
4: You know, in all due respect to Zachy boy, Zach Wilson, my boy, let's, Put him aside for now. Um, I I want this clear decision makers who are sure of of the task at hand. So Morstead, he's in the mix. I know he's a free agent, but he's on the team for sure. I think he can get some graphic design done. Um, That's one. McDonald will be on the team too. You know, from Hard Knocks, he's a eccentric fella who thinks outside the box. He he likes to uh, dabble in certain non-football you know things that aren't really associated with football so i think mcdonald's there too
3: and uh who else do you have anybody in mind for the dream team here i was trying to think of people that are tactical if mike lafleur was still here that's a guy that sticks out to me as sort of an analytical guy that would probably be good at that stuff i don't know about nathaniel hackett though he seems like he's a little too out there for web creation right i'll tell you
4: what sauce with his gaming Maybe yeah. Sauce joins the yeah. team in terms of a stream kind, kind of, uh, uh, kind of personality because he loves that gaming stuff.
3: That's true. I could see Sauce getting into that. If you took him aside and said, "Hey, Sauce, I could teach you how to create your own video games," I could see him lighting up like mm. a Christmas tree and getting really excited and wanting to learn coding from you.
4: Yeah, I mean, let's not go crazy. I, I ain't creating any uh, video games anytime soon, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I'll play. I'll play some. Uh, Fortnite with Sauce. Even though I've never played Fortnite in my life, I'll take my golden eye N sixty four skills and I'm sure it'll translate.
3: So the bad news we've learned here today is that you will not get Jets X Factor the video game anytime soon. <laughs> so Joe Blewitt will not be a playable character in your video game anytime in the next couple of years, unfortunately. I know a lot of people yeah. are looking forward to having Joe Bluet as a playable character.
4: I want to see Bluet in the next GTA. That's what I want to say. Can you imagine?
3: (laughs) The irony of that, considering what his actual job is, would be amazing. Exactly.
4: Exactly. He can go undercover, you know? He can be loaded up, get a a jet span for him, all the the weapons he wants.
3: Three-hour film reviews by day, stealing and robbing at night. Joe blew it, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) And by the way, those three-hour film reviews are One of the features you can get over at jetsxfactor.com Which is where my guest Robbie Sabo does his work Robbie, thanks so much for coming on And participating in the roundtable this offseason Really appreciate it Again, it's jetsxfactor.com My buddy Joe blew it Robbie's over there There's lots of great content There's stats, there's film, there's Robbie's reporting What wouldn't you like, right? Plus, there's the guy who I believe Is not only the greatest alum in the history of Hofstra But the unofficial mayor of Garfield, New Jersey, I think he might sign an autograph for you if you sign up over at JetsXFactor.com as a member.
4: You know what they say, and you know what Sinatra said. You know, Garfield, if you can't make it there, you can't make it anywhere. And (laughs) Wayne Garbett knows that full well. Yeah, sign up, use discount code 80 at JetsXFactor to get a 16 by 9. I think that's the size, you know, around a paper size, standard paper. Um signed autographed picture of number 80
3: by the way this is a true story if you've never been to Garfield New Jersey when you get into Garfield you will see a big sign and it says Garfield New Jersey home of Wayne Corbett and Luis Castillo I don't know if you remember Luis Castillo yeah really good defensive lineman for the then San Diego Chargers now the LA Chargers so when we say that Wayne Corbett is the unofficial mayor of Garfield New Jersey we're only half joking right Robbie? yeah and i feel somewhat insulted
4: because i spent my formative years in garfield myself the first year and a half of my life so how they could disclude me i'll never know
3: <laughs> one day robbie you will be the unofficial <laughs> mayor of garfield new jersey too make sure you check out everything that's going on over at jet Sex factor check out everything we're doing at play like a and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com
5: with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere